BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you have a potluck, mm-hmm. what are you, as the host, obligated to provide? I think a main item. You think so? I think the pro- something so that if everybody else totally failed, there's something. There's something. It doesn't have to be like a full like pot roast, but something's a substantial app or a you I, know yeah something and I a think drink. I- as the host, you are, yes, I definitely think drinks, you are obligated to provide the base drinks, meaning here's water, here's soda, here's a liquor. Yes. And a big ticket protein item. Big ticket, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I having been to enough of these potlucks and we're having one, and I hate the term potluck because it just sounds gross. Like, oh, a pot, what's in it? Hope you get lucky. Pot to piss in, stuff like that. I just feel like so many people, because like meat's expensive, people don't do it. And so you just end up eating like a ton of like fruit and chips and like salami and like you never feel great. So I'm putting it out there. I think you are obligated. It's really hard in a pot. Like I think it never really works unless it's themed to in some way. Like when people are like, I remember in school, it was like everybody bring in something from a different part of the world, you know, but otherwise no everybody's going to go for, but if people don't have specialties or whatever, cause you don't want every, you don't want 20 people bringing big ticket proteins, but beyond that, That's people fine. are just like, here's, here's a bag of chips. I picked it up on my way here. That's the other thing. Like it's also... I think if you're just going to bring a bag of chips, at least bring like a nice bag of chips. I also think sometimes too many people bring desserts and you're like, okay, but I want salty things. There is a real art to it. And that's why I believe in like people ahead of time saying what they're bringing. So you can be like, we have three fruit salads, maybe give it a rest. As the, as the host, you have to do the coordination of it. You know, it's not like, oh, it's easier now because people are bringing things. No, now you're in charge of telling people you can't bring that. We don't want your bag of ice. We do want your bag of ice, but you also have to bring something unless you're providing all the ice. I just feel like the lift has to be stronger. And if you're not a great cook, fine. There's plenty of pre-cooked items. 
But people are just like, okay, I'll just bring some veggies. It's like, nobody really wants that. Like wrap some meat around a stick, bring a dipper, bring something substantial. I'm just putting that out there in case anyone's getting ready in the summer holidays to like throw a potluck. Bring something that you would want to eat, not something where you're like, hey, I contributed. Right. You want to bring the thing that you're standing at and eating. I went to a potluck recently and like everything was from somewhere nice, but you're just staring at it. Was it like this guy's house that we're like sort of friends with? And you're just like, I just kind of don't want any of this. Like I, it's, it's one o'clock. I don't know that I want a cake pop and a watermelon salad and, or a chicken drummy. Like everything was just weirdly put together. There should be a theme and it shouldn't be international because then you end up with a lot of weird shit. I also just think about that meme that's a picture of like a cat's tail in a pot. Like you don't know what what other people do with their food. You don't know what the situation is in other people's houses. I, I don't think you'd be inviting someone where you're like, yeah, just don't touch their cutlery. So I just wanted to open today's episode with, with a light lift. Anger. I was, summer anger. I was, well, I think we should call the episode Big Ticket Protein. Oh, I already, yeah, of course. I flagged that. <laughs> I wanted to start the episode by being like, Christmas is around the corner because I always want to talk about Christmas. But here's what I've realized about the sentence around the corner because how close does something have to be to technically be around the corner? Here's what I've realized, right? There are four seasons. There are four corners in a square. For something to be around the corner means it has you have to be in one season and it's the next season. So if it were fall, we could say it's around the corner, uh-huh. but we're barely getting into summer. So it's around two corners, which is half the year. So you have half a year to get ready for Christmas. Just so you know. Plenty jingle, of time. Jingle, 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 jangle. Let's get to these questions because we've had some pretty good ones lately and I'm hoping there's some follow-ups as I always do, but I feel like I've been spitting out some pretty hot, concise advice and that's what I aim to do, to give you that like raw, hot take that you might feel embarrassed that you wrote in because you feel like I'm mad at you, but I'm only trying to do what's right and in a way, tell my younger self things that I wish I knew, which I kind of always did, but here I am. And you've never been mad at a question asker. No, I'm never, but I, 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 like if I wrote in something and the, the celebrity host was just like, no, you're an idiot. And also that's a really bad thing to do. I would be like, oh, like, so yeah, that happened to me. anonymously ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. Would have thought I was an alcoholic <laughs> or okay, a well, coke addict. But that's just unbiased, unfounded versus <laughs> like me. Just, anyways, if I, if I sound off, just know it's from the highest light and I'm not judging you and you can still buy a ticket and I'll never know who you are. <laughs> Hi, Lions and Emily. I am such a fan of the podcast and cannot wait to see Eliza in San Diego on her new tour. Please keep me anonymous. I am a 24-year-old Latina, and I have a question about my apartment's maintenance man doing something strange. Ooh, cue the music. Story time. I have lived in my apartment for two years with my boyfriend and tiny dog. We are the first floor of the balcony and slide a glass door. We don't have any window neighbors across from us, but there are stairs that lead up to the apartment the maintenance man and his wife and adult son live in. The maintenance man is older, probably in his 60s from what I could guess. I've tested to see how much anyone passing by would be able to see into our apartment because I like to keep my blinds open for natural light and screen door open slightly for fresh air. Even with all my lights on, Anyone walking by cannot see into the apartment except for if they were standing high up on the stairs right across from us. Today, 
I undressed down to my sports bra and underwear after a long day of work. For full clarity, this is the kind of underwear that goes up past your belly button and gives full coverage of everything. And ran really quickly into my living room to grab my phone with the full attention of just grabbing it and heading back into my bedroom to relax. When I got into the living room, I noticed the maintenance man standing on his stairs looking straight out into my apartment and looking at me up and down. We made eye contact and he did not stop looking. Seems like he had just been walking up the stairs, but his whole upper body was turned and completely facing my window. I quickly ran into my bedroom to throw out a cover before going back out to close the blinds. He was gone when I went back out, but I can't help but feel creeped out. I see him pretty much every day, and I don't know what to do next time I see him. My thing is that if he ever says anything, I should just say it was weird that he shouldn't be full on staring into my apartment. He's been nice every time I've seen him or interacted with him, but he knows I lived in this apartment. And to me, the etiquette seems that you just shouldn't stare into someone's window. You might glance something, but I always thought it was rude to look right in. This makes me not want to leave my blinds open ever again. I get that I left them open. I definitely won't ever run out in my living room in my brown underwear anymore if I haven't shut anything. But Eliza, what would you do? I don't want to accuse him of being a creep if he wasn't trying to, but I still feel uncomfortable. Please help. I. It's just <laughs> awkward. And also there is that thing you don't want to accuse him. Like chances are, I mean, the guy has the right to turn his body and look in a window. You don't know what he was doing before. It's not like you've seen him doing it bef- like ever before. It's not like a habit. So pretend it never happened. And it is unfortunate. And part of being a woman is just like being aware of your surroundings. But that is part of it. Never bring it up ever. If he does it again, then it's like one time it's a mistake. Two is a coincidence. Three, he's a stalker. What, what, what would you say? What could you say that would make, hey, I noticed you looked at me. And he'll be like, yeah, I did. That I'm so sorry. Okay, cool. Well, here's, can you come fix my plumbing? I think unless he does it again, he could have just been frozen up and, oh God, mm-hmm. like I, in, from my bedroom window, I could see directly into my neighbor's kitchen. From my kitchen window, I could see into another neighbor's kitchen. And every time I make eye contact with them from the window, I panic and I freeze. And I'm like, do I wave? Do I look away? Do I slam the blind shut? What is the least creepy thing? So he may have been thinking, oh God, I was walking by. What do I do? Yeah, don't. First of all, Emily, you sound so sick. And it's really <laughs> hard for me to listen to you. Um, chalk it up to a mistake. I'm sure he feels embarrassed and maybe he's looked for a second longer. You also, maybe he doesn't have great eyesight. Like maybe he couldn't tell what he was saying. He also could have been looking above or below and look, you don't know. And because he hasn't done it more than once, just move on. And yeah, you live in an apartment. This is city living, baby. So just be mindful of those surroundings literally everywhere you go. Um, I mean, I live in a very hilly area and my nearest neighbor is probably a few miles away. And I still am like, can they see in my bedroom? <laughs> Give them a good show. Like you want to see what top physique? Top they, physique. They make window cling that um, only lets you look out and lets light in. But oh, I, don't, there you go. I don't know how pe- people swear by it. I've never used it. But yeah, I've had some of that in my bathroom that like kind of obfuscates the whole thing. It makes it like a little blurry. You could always do that and then get fined for putting something on your window later, even though you're just a woman trying to make yourself safer. But I don't know. Also, it is that thing where like you were existing in your own space. And as a woman now, you're like, how do like, how do I make this less weird for all of us when like he's the one that should be and probably is a little embarrassed or he wasn't looking at you and he just had a brain fart. Move on. Never talk about it again. Let us know if it happens again. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? What was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to WikiHole, you'd learn that's the sciency term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how the hell did we get here? Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic, pared-down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza crew. My sister and I lived together and she got a job almost a year ago and has since had a toxic relationship with it. It's a sugaring studio, like waxing, that also does facials and other aesthetic stuff. She got hired to work the front desk. Almost immediately, she found out the owners are your typical millennial boss babes who force you to take on their perpetual overly happy demeanor and use their hyper peppy language with clients. Lots of up talking and babe and booty type words. Well, you are waxing people's assholes, so I don't know what you're supposed to call it. (laughs) This doesn't mesh well with her personality. They micromanage horribly and treat her like she's completely incompetent, even though she has now three years of front desk experience. She's miserable. 
Made it my question, I swear. I've advised her to quit her job about a month after she got it. The first time she came home crying, I urged her to quit. I offered to help her update her resume. I've set her job listings. I've offered to put in a referral for a desk position at my own workplace we could carpool. She's not quit. And comes home and cries about how horrible her job is and how much she hates it. And I'm exhausted. I love my sister and want to help and support her. But how many times can I give her the advice that would 100% solve her problem? I know that listening is important, but it's the same complaints every day. Is it okay that I'm burnt out and tired of hearing about this? Like, how many times would I have to tell a friend to leave her shitty boyfriend before I take a break for the friendship? I'm kind of tired of it. Any other advice for the situation? Thanks. The good news is it's your sister, so you can be really aggressive with her and it'll be fine next time you have dinner with your parents. Like, you can say things to your sibling that you cannot say to a friend. You can just simply say to her, like, you hate this job. You've hated it from the beginning. I've given you the advice and it's okay to hate your job, but you complain about it so much. It's kind of all we talk about. I want to help you feel better. But if you're just going to be miserable, like we kind of can't talk about it. And, and when she brings it up, you have to just kind of be like, oh, that sucks. And just kind of give it no oxygen. And also like, it's not like she has a specialized skill. It's the front desk at a waxing studio, walk next door to the other waxing studio and get that job. But you cannot fault your boss and the culture they've created that you've stayed in. Like that is what you bought into. She did that job interview. It says more about your sister. Like, it's not like these women are mean. They just are doing like the boss babe thing, which works for them. And they're the company owners. So if you don't like the culture, then don't stay and be part of it. But you're not doing anyone a favor by like sticking it out. Like, where's that going to leave you in a few years? Your sister obviously doesn't put a very high price on her own happiness. I guess just let her listen to this and be like, this was so weird. It's about someone else who works at a sugar palace. So sugar. just be like, I can't hear it anymore. I love you. And you seem so unhappy. And it feels like you're, it's just, you're talking, like my advice just falls into a void. So let me know if you want me to help you be, pro be proactive, but some people just can't help themselves. You might have to just let her be miserable. That's so weird though. Like to hate it that much. It's such a low stakes job. Maybe it's not like she's also, like, I studied so hard for this front desk exam. She doesn't want to go work at her sister's place either or be nagged by her sister. Yeah, maybe she doesn't Maybe she doesn't want to hang out with you, but also you could be like, I don't care if you work with me. I'm just trying to help you. Some people, I mean, I've definitely had friends like that where I'm like, here are a thousand ways we can help your situation and they just cannot see the forest for the trees and they cannot help themselves. Some people are just slower to arrive at those conclusions and you literally have to just stop trying to help. It's not your daughter. Um, so yeah, you don't want to hear about it anymore. That's it. Straight talk. Hard love. Rock hard love. Hard feelings oh. tour. Tickets at Eliza.com. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Ask Eliza Anything Crew. I have a question. I, 38 female, have a sister, 30 female, who has a horrible boyfriend that's using her as a placeholder. For context, I've been married to my husband for 13 years and I have two children. My sister has never been married and been in a five-year relationship with this awful boyfriend. When they first got together, he told her that she wasn't his type, but he'd give her a try. More recently, he said he still wasn't really attracted to her, but just parts of her, and he loves the person she is. My sister is a people pleaser and pretty much does everything for him. He has made it very clear that he thinks he could do better than my sister. He is very jealous and insecure and takes his resentment out on her. In his mind, he's a real catch, high-value alpha male that should be able to get the attention of super young, super attractive women, when in reality, he works a minimum wage job, has an apartment with roommates, and looks pretty average. My sister loves him and sees a future with him, but he has made it clear over the years that she is just a placeholder that he doesn't value. He's just waiting for someone better to come along. Thanks for your advice, Lexi. 
I mean, it's kind of the same advice I have, but like a little different for the sugaring girl. Yeah. Like women, and again, I talk about this on the podcast so much, but like girls get this insecure thing because we're programmed to be insecure. We're like, well, he tolerates me and I've spent so much time with him. You will look like the monster if you are out with them and you're like, Steve, you're a fucking piece of shit. My sister deserves so much better. Like if you want to plant that flag, you can, but it's like so gross to like have beef with like your friend or your sister's boyfriend. You can pull her to the side, be like, here's what I think. And I'm losing respect for you. This guy doesn't like you, doesn't respect you. Here's all the information. I would love to help you get on a dating app. Unfortunately, your sister seems like one of those girls, like it's going to take like an act of God to make her, he probably just cheat on her and she'll probably still keep going back to him only for the, not only, I guess there's men that deal with this, but like, this is a very specific female affliction of like, I'll just keep going back better than devil, you know, tell her how you feel because it's not like if she marries him, you want to like be on his good side. You, You need to be like, I need you to know that I love you and I value you. And this guy's a turd and he is not cool to you and he does not love you. If you want to bring your husband in on it so like another man can weigh in, but she might just have to figure this out for herself. Some people just cannot be saved. I don't want to be saved. And some people like love the pain. I wonder what it is about your sister that makes her feel like she doesn't deserve anything better. Might want to ask her that. And then she'll tell you like, no, he's really sweet when no one's looking. It's like, yeah, it's easy to be like decent let her listen to this. I just, I get so frustrated. Somebody said to me recently, they're like, you have so many insecure women that write in. And that's not like a knock. That's just, it's like a disease. We all get insecure about stuff, but like we get a, an inordinate amount of questions about stuff like this, where it's like, it's either this person, it's either the person that's writing it in, or it's a very close friend or family member that is just like, She's dating a loser. She doesn't have any self-esteem. Like we have a serious issue. There is a serious dearth of self-esteem in our society. And it starts with women like super young and it's body issues and it's being told to be quiet so a guy can talk and it just breaks my fucking heart. We've all been in relationships where you're like, maybe this isn't the greatest, but like this thing where women just don't listen to other women in their life because it's planted in your mind that all women are like evil or jealous or just don't get it. Listen to women more. Listen to me the most. And have your sister, have your sugaring sister, have them all listen to this. Why do women feel they deserve to be so miserable? Is it because you're so desperate for a guy to pay attention to you? I will tell you this. I don't ever think I'm like the hottest girl in the room, but I know I'm not the ugliest. And I've gone through life like always expecting to be treated perfectly. Like I just have. And if someone wasn't going to do it, like I just moved on. Like the world is so huge. How could you not want the best for yourself? What are we doing to the women? Emily, you know the feeling. You're like, I want the cleanest DVD out of the bunch. I'm going to bid on it. (laughs) What are these futures we lock ourselves into where we're like, I've stuck with one and he likes me. Fucking quit your job, get another one, move one apartment over, change your city, block your Facebook, like free yourself of these made up constraints of your zip code, of your social media group, of your friends. There's just so many worlds out there. There's so many fucking people. 
And when you find one that's great, you hold on to it and you don't feel like you're missing out. But meantime, like, what are we doing? Girls, he's the one. He paying attention. What? Do you hear yourselves? Maybe you should start a, uh, that can be the next phase of your career is like self-help seminars. I don't want to do that. I always feel like there's something weird, nefarious going on with those. I have, I have they're no... very sketchy. I love your your sketch about it. Oh yeah, watch the Eliza Schlesinger sketch show. I have no desire. I mean, yes, it'd be cool to run a cult, but like, I don't want to brand this. I really just like sometimes I punch up other comics' jokes for free just for fun because I hate the idea of bad comedy being in the world. And I hate the idea that women are walking around shackled to this version of a future that they think they should have, doomed to it. Yeah, I don't want to run your life. I don't want to unfuck your life. I don't want to write a book about psychology. I don't want to do any of the work. I don't want to read the books. I don't want to go back to school. It was hard. I just want you to know that there's freedom out there. Hop on a plane, go to another city and just create your own reality. It's so easy to do. Turn your phone off, go outside. Keep this podcast on though. Kick it. Hi, Liza. I need advice Hi. about my Pilates practice. I Great. began Let's taking group classes about two months ago and have attended at least two times a week since mid-March, sometimes attending back-to-back classes in one day. I would say I have a more hourglass body type, but I'm on a nutrition journey as well. My question is, how long after you began your Pilates practice did you feel successful and stronger with the movements? I'm like most female-identified people. It could kick you like a mule, but my upper body might as well be a shaky, noodly toothpicks trying to accomplish some of these movements. I feel like I should be gaining more control by this point. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. What class, I don't know what classes you're doing. I don't know that doing back-to-back is a good idea because of muscle fatigue. Um, how long has she been doing it? Uh, Mid-March. I think when you take Pilates, they even say like 10 classes to feel it, 20 classes. I mean, obviously these are expensive things. 20 classes to see a change, 30 to change your life or something. And I will tell you, even with my own Pilates instructor, I... A couple months ago, I was like, I want more arm definition. I want more this and more that. So we do things focused on that. I also would recommend taking a private or some kind of like super small class so you can get specific cues on different things. When you're in a group class, I didn't realize how I'd been doing Pilates wrong my whole life. When you're in a group class, the instructor may be great, but doesn't have the time to look at each person's body. Like I cue my neck. Like I use my neck a lot. So my instructor's always like, relax your neck. Like... I have to remember these certain things or making sure you're in neutral spine, making sure you're not recruiting other muscles when it's for a different muscle group. So I would have someone assess that. And then the more you do it, you can really hone in on what it is you want to change. It also takes a while to, and I don't know what a while is, but like to fully, it is a very mental thing to remember to like relax this part, do this part. Don't forget your breath. Remember your neutral spine. Like it's extremely mental. Um, so I don't, while I don't have an, a number for you specifically, I can tell you it is an ongoing process. So that's my answer without being tied to, without being beholden to a certain number. Right. But you started doing it, What you started it up again in what, the last year? You got I started into it, it like a, right after I had Sierra, like maybe two months after, because I tried like a different trainer and I got into that and I did Matt Pilates for like eight months. And now she's uh, 16 months old. So I've been doing it for, I don't know, say 12 months, maybe a full year, something like that. Maybe a little bit, but often and privately. So yeah, but like 
feet and straps at the end when you make those big circles with your legs. I've been doing it wrong my whole life. Hmm. Like it felt good, but I was doing it wrong. So make sure you're doing it correctly. Otherwise, there's no point. Hello, Eliza and Emily. I want to thank you for sharing your experiences with losing your pets. I had put my sweet boy to rest today. Your words have really stuck with me. I had this dog since my daughter was four and she turned 14 in January. He was a rescue and they estimated him to be 18 years old now. I always thought that I would have this dog until she went to high school. Well, she just got done with the school year on Friday and is going to high school next year. I remember Eliza saying that pets are there for you and get you through certain times of your life. And that really comforted me through this. Emily, I felt strength taking it for this procedure because you was sick and needed it just as you helped Gracie with her procedure too. Thank you guys for everything you do this podcast. You guys are so funny and comforting. There's a picture of Foxy attached with love, Aaron. Adorable. Does anyone ever call it transition? Like transitioning your pet from one life to the after? Probably. I wouldn't Probably. be surprised. I just, I think it's interesting. People come to this podcast for self-esteem, uh, Pilates, and dead pets. No one comes. It's like two Pilates questions ever. No, no. Because if someone's listening now, they're like, wow, I don't want to listen anymore. No, it's self-esteem. It's in-law issues. It's wedding questions. It's a lot of work-related questions, which are tough since I have not had a real job in over 20 years. But I got you. All right? You need your sassy best friend that can't get fired? That's me. Can't get fired. Hi, Eliza. Baby, I'm so peach. The rest of the AIA gang. I've been a huge fan for years. This podcast is the highlight of my week. I come bearing a question that is tearing my friend group apart. Oh boy, here we go. Strap in. One of my best friends, Jay, is graduating with her master's next week. To celebrate, two of our other friends and I decided to take her out to dinner after the ceremony and plan on paying for her meal. As we are still students, I can't afford a huge fancy gift. A few days before the graduation, we asked Jay's new boyfriend if he wanted to join us. One of my friends, let's call him M, said that since we invited her boyfriend to dinner, now we would have to pay for both Jay and her boyfriend. He said this basic manners and that her boyfriend would find it cheap if we didn't pay for his meal as well. I argued that since it is a celebration for only Jay's accomplishment, it's strange that we pay for her boyfriend, who we've only hung out with a few times. Yeah. And I doubt he would want that either. Better pay for my meal. My girl got a degree. I'm getting steak. M told me most people would consider it rude if we didn't and said this is how things work and it started ignoring me and my other friend and now we're unsure if he'll even come to the dinner out of fear of looking cheap if we don't pay for this dude's dinner. My question, is he right? Would it be good manners to pay for the boyfriend's dinner even though I don't know him that well and I'm no. only paying for my friend because it's her celebration? Do actual adult people think no. like this or is M just batshit crazy? Yours in desperately seeking advice, Julia. If you really want to like air it, first of all, no, that's ridiculous. It's not his celebration. You don't know him. It's not like they got engaged and you're like, I'm just going to pay for your chicken wings. What you could do when you guys all go to dinner, pull the boyfriend aside, assume the boyfriend, this will be perfect. Assume the boyfriend was going to try to pay for her, pull him aside with your friends and be like, Hey, we wanted to buy her dinner. So when the check comes, just know that we got her dinner. Cause that way, even if he was playing, he'll be like, Oh, Oh, okay. Or he'll be like, absolutely not. Like, I'm, I, I got it for everyone. You don't even know what this guy's going to say. Or when the bill comes, be like, we've got hers. We've got hers. Like, just make it like that was always your intention. But you are under no obligation to pay for him. That's weird. I think there's some truth to like, if you invite someone out to dinner, maybe you're expected to pay. But I don't think in the situation where you're all like college students, and the, he's the boyfriend uh-uh. and you're just no. inviting him because he's no. the boyfriend. I think the rules are different here. Do what I said. 
either pull him aside, like, hey, we want to do the sweet thing. So just at the end, because he, I would think was, was, I'm assuming was probably planning on paying for her just because of the way guys and girls are. That way, if he wasn't, you've already set in motion what you're planning on doing. So he has the opportunity to say, oh, wow, that was really nice. Or let me chip in. And then you could say, absolutely not. We're paying for her or do it when the bill comes. But I would challenge him if he's like, why aren't you paying for my meal? Be like, why would I? Are you guys like getting like a joint master's degree? (laughs) I know it seems like you should, but again, because they didn't do something together, it doesn't make any sense. I I would be interested to hear the logic for the other person saying, arguing that you should, no. And you know what? They could choose not to come. That's fine. You're trying to do something nice. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. You could just be like, let's all pay it for ourselves and then we'll Venmo you back what you paid after. With interest. included. Yeah. Tax included. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. First side question asker, I need help with a bad neighbor. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I need some advice on how to deal with a difficult neighbor. My partner, 29, and I, 28, bought a dumpster of a house about two years ago and have since completely gutted it and renovated it. When we first bought the house, our neighbors were all super welcoming and kind to us. Unfortunately, this year, one of our neighbors, a woman in her 60s and her son in his 30s, has suddenly begun to treat us horribly. For some context, my partner owns a tree service, so he has a few large vehicles parked in our back parking pad. They could be considered a bit unsightly, but they are on our property, and he only parks them there and drives up to his work sites each day. We are also still working at our backyard, building a fence, deck, gardens, etc. Everything seemed fine until recently. Within a week, we had multiple different city bylaw officers knocking on our door for complaints called in about our yard. They found nothing wrong. Our backyard is at a renovation, but everything is completely organized. Complaints about unpermitted construction work in our house. We were done major interior renovations a year ago, so this felt very targeted. And complaints about my partner's work vehicles being parked on a nearby street. They were not in front of anyone's house, and there was no shortage of street parking. After all this happened, we called our neighbor and asked them if something was wrong, that they could let us know if we were doing something to upset them. They completely denied that anything was wrong or that they had anything to do with the complaints. Fast forward two weeks later, I got a phone call from the same neighbor and she yelled at me for 10 minutes about how our yard has shit leaning against her fence. There's a fence dividing our yards and she will not allow us to put anything near or against it. She has made these comments in the past so we knew to keep things off of it. Nothing was touching her fence. She even complained about a garden we have against the fence, which is in the ground, not affecting the fence whatsoever. 
She was mad that we've been making noise for renovation work, mad about my partner having his work vehicles parked because they're loud and unsightly. She told us living next to us is hell. For context, the woman and her son do not work. They're always home, which I think contributes to their obsession with everything going on in our house. Her son used to talk to us all the time, but now he won't even look at us. We are good people. We've always been kind, help all the neighbors out, provide free firewood for everyone. We don't have parties or act disrespectful ever. We've been working so hard to make this house our home and the neighbors are being completely unreasonable. Feels like we're constantly being spied on and watched for any wrong move we make. All our other neighbors are still super kind to get along with us. Great, by the way. How do we deal with this neighbor so we don't have to feel on edge all the time in our own home? It's... (sighs) I guess what's tough as I'm listening to this, even though you are good people, it does suck to be the person living next to a neighbor who is like spread out. Like it's annoying to live next to someone that like has one vehicle parked on this street and this car's over here and this one's kind of in front of your house all the time. And yes, while these things could be in compliance and totally legal, it's still all of your stuff everywhere and it's still loud. And I know this from, I've lived next to people like this, perfectly nice people. We had one guy who was renovating his house for like two full years, never talked to anyone. And like, it's legal, but like your shit is in their way. So that's what they're annoyed at. And so you're not wrong, but it doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't irritating, especially to someone who's home all the time. And having the, it's great that you're making your house your home and that is your right. So to be honest, You have to sort of put yourself in their shoes a little bit. But the fact is you're doing everything legally. You're not going to stop. You're trying to build out your own home. And this is what living in a neighborhood or a society is like. And yeah, it's probably not nice to look at all those like tree renovation trucks and stuff. And they are everywhere. And nobody, this is what happens with neighbors in general, whether it's religious or country borders or just people. Like people spread out a little too much. And it's like, what do you mean? Like, we're not doing anything wrong. It's like, yeah, but you're kind of in my way. So uh, while I sympathize with both of you, you might just have to be okay with not being liked. And then when you have a party at the end, invite them over. Yeah, the only thing that stuck out to me is they had to tell you not to lead stuff on their fence. That would drive me nuts. And I are like, well, nothing's yeah. leaned on your fence now. It's like, well, was it? Were you just leading stuff up on the fence? Like, you, the, you spread out is the right word. Like, the cars yeah. are everywhere. Stuff yeah. on the fence. Like, it's all legal. But it's just like, God, you're taking up a lot of space. Space it's that just you are lot. rightfully owed. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a middle middle arborist situation where it's like, yeah, we are supposed to split this. But, like, you don't need it all the time. And it's like, it's kind of like we that you've taken an inch and then you've taken a foot and now it's just everywhere. And it's like, hey, we're really nice people. It's like, be that as it may. I don't want to look at your trucks everywhere. I know exactly what this feels like. And you know, you what you're wanting is to have your cake and eat it too. You want to renovate your house. You want to have your business. You want to do all this stuff. And you also want them to love living next door to you. Maybe if her and her stay-at-home son had jobs or if you guys did the same thing, that if you had more common ground, they were renovating too, it would be okay. But unfortunately, this is just what it is to live in a neighborhood. And uh, you have to just get comfortable with the fact that like, she may not be cool with it. Because by the way, what are you going to do differently? The answer is nothing. You're still going to keep renovating your house. Your husband still has a job he has to do. 
But if we're being honest, you're taking up a little bit more space that makes people comfortable. That's it. I was going to be on your side at the beginning. And then the more you started to tell it, because everything you say, you're like, but it's all permitted, but it's all okay. Like there are still ways to do things that are annoying that are totally legal. I feel like there are a lot of lawyers that spend all day looking stuff up like that. Right. And once you get the work done and there's one less thing that's annoying them and it's just yeah. the cars and the fence, but it's not the noise. Like you just need to whittle down those annoyances. This epitomizes when like you and your brother would fight growing up and you'd put your finger right next to him and be like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. And it's like, no, but you aren't me, but you could. Hi, Eliza and Emily. I'm sure you hear a lot about how people are crazy about the pod. So I'm going to skip that. I'm an international <laughs> student studying in the U.S. Uh, uh, 21 female from China. My boyfriend lives with me for four years of college and summer internship at high school. I just told my mom that we live together this February and she's okay what? with it, but my father doesn't. Four years of, wait, four years of college and high school? What does she mean? Summer internship at high school. So it sounds like. Got it. Okay. In yeah. high school. My father doesn't know and he is a very conservative and uptight man. They're going to attend my university graduation this June. I don't want him to find out when he arrives because that'll ruin the whole lovely family trip in LA, but I don't know how to start this topic on video chat. My mom and my brother also don't know how to bring this up with my dad. P.S. My whole family loves my boyfriends. My dad's just, just hesitant about him because he's a he's majoring in directing. Um, I think the bigger issue is that your whole family knows a secret now that your dad doesn't. So what are you trying to say? Are you trying to ask for forgiveness? You're graduating college she needs- and you want to say, sorry. Well, is that what the thing is? You're graduating college and you want to be like, sorry, he's been living with me or I, he's going to keep living with me? Say he's going to keep. Let's say the dad is coming in June from China to America. He's going to see uh-huh. that they live together. She does not want that to happen when he arrives for that to be the first he's hearing of it and wreck their trip when he arrives and like has a tantrum. And give him the heads up before. It's going to be a bitter pill to swallow either way. I may as well give him a whole flight to get used to it. But I mean, better to, you already lied to him. He's going to focus on that. He's going to be like, you lied to me. You've been doing it this whole time. Because you, it'd be one thing if you lied, but now you're asking your mom and brother to be complicit or your sibling and be like, yeah, we didn't know either. Come clean. That way when he gets there, it's less of a blow. Versus he arrives. He's like, I just slept here all the way from China. And like, this is what I find. Tell them on Zoom. Yeah. It, there's unless never going to be a unless good time. Yeah, you already sort of did it. and Or he'll just be like, well, you've been doing it. I guess there's not much I can do. I mean, he definitely doesn't want your boyfriend like mooching off of you. I hope your boyfriend's also been paying rent. If not... That would make me livid as a father. Yeah. Get your ducks in a row. But four years also, like that's a real relationship. So maybe tell him your plans. Maybe have the boyfriend on. Just to be like, I love your daughter. Like we hope to be together. Just trying to take this car for a test drive. Although I don't know any Chinese cars. Okay, kick it. Hi, Liza, baby arm. Spogieski, hot Scotty, snow peach. It's sweet, baby Sierra. Loyal listener here for some question asker. My friends are driving me crazy and I need your advice. I own a successful interior design business based in LA, also servicing clients on the East Coast. My issue, I'm tired of my friends asking for free design advice. I always get the, come over for dinner and we will pick your brain. Or how about you help us design this room and you can use it for your portfolio. 
I've said no to too many dinner invitations and certainly don't need their projects for my portfolio. I'm thankfully very busy, and my work has been at Architectural Digest, Forbes, the New York Times, and HGTV. I've responded to many with, my team and I would love to work with you. We will send you our rates and contract. Then most of the time, they ghost me. Recently, yeah. a friend's husband even stopped following me on social, which I'm actually happy about because I can't stand him. I don't know why my friends think it's okay for me to work for free. Not all are like that, but I just lose it when this happens. I've worked very hard to get where I am today and find it disrespectful when treated this way. What should I do? How should I respond to the future? Thanks for gracing us with your brilliance. I've seen your full hour set in New York City many times. I'd love to see you at the local LA clubs now that I live here. See you at the comedy store this week. Great. See you this week. I hope you sent that in this week and not several <laughs> weeks ago. And I hope I was there. It was several um, weeks ago. <laughs> you could do one of two things. First of all, you teach people how to treat you. Second of all, oh God, there's so many things. Um, it, it is this sort of unspoken thing. If you have a friend that does something, like if you have a friend who's a doctor, they can write you a prescription for Ambien, you know? Like there are little perks to this. And so your thing is like, I'd love to like give my opinion, but I feel like you're getting work for free. It's not like you have an issue being like, oh, I think green would go great there. You don't want to give away real work and you don't want to be quoted on it. And it is something that you love doing and you, you do value it. You can simply state, you can just say, I value our friendship. And so I just need, I want you to know this because I want us to be friends for a long time. Like it's a very gray area. So I don't do that. I don't, I don't give that type of advice. I like to keep business and friendship separate. A real friend would understand that. It's like a friend who's a masseuse. Like they're not just going to like, they don't like love to give free massages. Say that, simply say it. And you should only have to say it once. And then you have to be careful when you go over that you aren't like a glass of wine in like, well, we could do this or this. A best friend, maybe you do do it for free. Like it is that fine line of like doing it because you really want to versus they're trying to get something for free. But like paying you in dinner, you're like, I'm not a first year design student. I think you just say it. I, I have a friend, they're like a, an acquaintance and we've had dinner together once and they came to my birthday and I was saying the husband's name wrong. And he turned to me and he said it in the nice, because it's embarrassing on my part. And he said, hey, I want us to be friends for a really long time. So that's why I'm going to tell you it's actually pronounced this way. And he prefaced it with that. And I was like, okay, I don't feel so bad. So I do think there is a way to say, I really value our friendship. And so I try not to mix business and friendship. I would love to do a design project for you, but I don't do design things. I don't, whatever you want to call it. I don't do designing for friends. Um, because it gets muddy. Or, yeah, just I don't design out of contract. Yeah, I mean, my husband always talks about like contracts between friends are even more important because it is so like fast and loose. Like it's even more important with a relationship you value to have it drawn, uh, written out. So I think you just say it. I think as women, we have a hard time saying that because you don't want to be perceived wrong, but a real friend would be like, totally. They should be embarrassed to ask you, for your services for free. Now they're thinking it's a light lift. You'll just give like an opinion or something. And it may be, um, it's up to you to suss out like what they're really asking. But it is, I, I you feel devalued. They're like, here's some chicken. Now tell us about Italian countryside couches. But you got to be comfortable with saying it. Right. It sounds like she is though. Yeah, just don't worry about what they're going to say. A real friend should be embarrassed and they'll be like, oh my God, got it. But then you can't go over and have two margaritas and be like, let's rearrange the furniture. Right. You can't be my mom and my mother-in-law. Hi, Liza. Baby, I'm sweet tree frog and hot Scotty. 
Context, dated a lovely guy back when we were teenagers, gay male couple, and it ended amicably back in 2007. We stayed in contact and are great friends. Question, he's getting married to a great guy. I'm so stumped as to what to get them as a wedding gift. Wedding gifts are hard in any kind of relationship, but a gay couple, one of whom is your ex? Yikes. Eliza is so creative at gift giving, so would love her insights. Love from yeah. Ireland. P.S. Got my tickets for Dublin. See you December 1st. Love, Stefan. Stefan? Yeah, Stefan. Stefan. S, baby S. See you at Vicker Street in Dublin. Baby tickets S. at Eliza.com slash tour. Uh, do they have a registry? Do they do that in Ireland? Are they registered with Zola, your one-stop shop for wedding planning? Pretty sure there's a code on this podcast somewhere. I have somewhere. to assume... What from the you know registry what? do you think is appropriate for next? Do you like is do you go price it range or matter. item? You go price range. I don't know how much you love this ex. I don't know how long you dated them, but the truth is a wedding gift is between 100 to 200 dollars and it doesn't really fucking matter what you get them off the registry cuz they just want it. Okay? It doesn't matter if you get them five knives, a cutting board, one blender, three chairs. They just want that stuff. And you know what works in any language? Very culture is cash. They don't care what you get them. If this were your ex-husband, you don't even want it to be meaningful because that makes it like you have feelings for this person. You get them something off the registry. Best of wishes. All the luck in the world. Stefan and whoever else sent it. Enjoy. Enjoy the neutral bullet. That's it. They don't care. I know you want it to be creative, but it's like if they don't have a registry, Vitamix is always good. Really beautiful set of bowls. Gift certificate to your favorite, like Irish Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, I don't know. Harrods, is that a thing over there? But um, don't go too in-depth with it unless you're like very close and it's something, you know, they want it. Because at the end of the day, newly married couples, especially in their 20s, want cash or the thing they asked for. They don't want you to spend $400 on some weird like crystal unicorn. Your taste is not their taste. So don't think too much about it. Hi, all. Female, 23, lesbian. I have a question about chasing a girl I like. We've known each other for three years now and met through mutual friend groups. We eventually worked together when I helped her and her mother run a coffee shop and a restaurant. Our relationship was simply platonic as we were both at the time in relationships. As you can imagine, we spend lots of time together between working seven days a week, hanging out with friends, and playing on the same co-ed adult softball team. Of course. And of course, as we grew super close, I started noticing physical tension with every interaction. After a few years, we both became single. I asked her if she wanted to hook up. I got turned down because she was my ex-best friend's ex-girlfriend and didn't want to make it weird. Flash forward a few months to a drunken night. We hook up. Again, the next week, you get the story. One night, she had a go-away party because she is moving to New York. I find out that everyone, including her mother, knows about her interaction and loves the idea of us. We sleep together that night. The next morning as I'm leaving, I'm expecting some type of friendly goodbye. Walk me out, a hug, a have fun. But I get nothing. Just a friendly wave for the couch and uh, see ya. Thanks for coming. We have not spoken since she left a few weeks ago. My question is, do I go to New York to see her? I've loved no. this girl since the day we met. Do think there may have been mutual feelings, but she wants to focus on her new life in the city, which I respect. A while ago, I planned a trip to a Yankees game for this September. I've not mentioned anything to her. Do I tell her I'll be in the city or never mention it? Or not mention it, but casually show up in her neighborhood? My heart has been ripped from my chest. Please help. All the best, Natalie. Okay, listen. I will believe that you 
I do believe that a woman who plays on a co-ed softball team did plan a special trip to go see the Yankees, okay? You are going there independent of her. If you really love this girl, first of all, never, ever, ever, straight, gay, what, never, ever just show up, uh-uh. especially in an unrequited relationship, especially from a girl who hooked up with you and said goodbye from the couch, okay? This girl is not into you. And even if she is... I don't know that you really want this long distance relationship, okay? If you pile up, if you tally up her behavior for the whole time you've known her, none of it suggests that she is pining for you. But this isn't about her. This is about you and feeling heard and feeling seen. So here's what you do. You go do your thing. Can you have fun at the Yankee game knowing she doesn't want to see you? Like, will it wreck your trip? I don't know how long your trip is. Make sure you go and you have fun first, okay? Send her a text or call and be like, hey, I promise I'm not stalking you. I'm going to see the Yankees. Da, da, da. Would you want to get a drink or something? I just want to tell you something. And if she says, yes, meet, you know, you can meet up. I think you need to get it off your chest that you love her. She will be like, okay, I just don't feel that way. Like I want to focus. You're hoping she's like, oh my God, I've always loved you too. And I didn't want to get hurt. Maybe you can sleep together one more time. I think there's actually no harm in telling her how you feel because she's out of your life anyway. And you have nothing to lose. Best case scenario, she's like, me too. Or you sleep together one more time. Do not just show up. Make it super easy. Be like, I'll be, after the game, we're going to go to drink. Do you want to meet up? If she says no, you have your answer. You can still always tell her how you feel. You can be like, hey, I just got to get this off my chest. What's important is that you're heard, but don't get weird about it. Because I don't think it's going to end well regardless. But you might get to... Kiss on your south mouth and your regular mouth. Oh, no. Hi, Don't just show up. You hear me? Don't be a fucking weirdo. Don't be a dude. No. I don't think anyone's going to be really pumped for that. No, that's awful. But if you do it, let us know. Kick it. Hi, AI crew. I'm a listener since episode one. What's up, Scotty? For your target audience demographic of middle-aged male falconers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a husband, happily married 20 years, and father of two teen daughters from the state of Kansas. First off, thank you for this podcast. For several years, I shared it with my oldest daughter, and we listened to it weekly as we commuted to volleyball practice. Oh, man, sorry about all the F-bombs and butt sex jokes. (laughs) You consistently set a positive example of how to be strong yet kind and how to be serious without taking yourself too seriously. Your show always gave us something interesting to talk about. It helped introduce a lot of topics she wouldn't have discussed with me otherwise. Oh, I My, love that. Right? It's the perfect Father's Day gift. A subscription to Ask Eliza Anything, which was <laughs> free. So you pocketed the money. Yeah, you keep the money. My question. My oldest daughter just graduated high school and is leaving for college in a few months. She's only moving an hour and a half away, but I know she'll be busy and I won't get to see her very much. I wonder if you and Emily have any ideas about how I can make the most of the next few months that we're together. And also, if you have any ideas for ways to maintain a good relationship with my daughter after she leaves home, college years and beyond. I'm proud of her and happy she's moving on in life. But I don't miss having her around. I don't want her to totally yeah. disappear. Thank you for your time. Keep the great work. Chris. She's going to K-State or KU? Rock Chalk or was it a Wildcat? Um, I think you guys should take a road trip. Not around the state of Kansas. That sounds awful. But like do something dorky. Like drive to the Grand Canyon. Drive to Mount Rushmore. Like have a trip where you're together. Create a memory. Even if it's boring, it will still be a memory. I mean, my father and I spent last Christmas Eve, just the two of us, because Noah had COVID, like on the couch watching Christmas Chronicles. 
And while it wasn't that meaningful, it's still a memory I have. <laughs> we just watched it. So take a road trip. What I would not do is get too caught up in how to create a memory because a memory is a memory regardless. And it's not about the... It's about the quality of it, not so much about what you do. Is there like an attraction you want to go see, like world's largest ball of yarn? You know, I think I think the road trip's a good one. She's not going to disappear. She'll disappear for a little because she'll be all into college. But, you know, you let her know. Here's a prepaid phone or whatever. Like dad's always here. And schedule Thanksgiving and Christmas, like all the things that she has to come home for. Or maybe schedule to drive up there and be like, I want to take you and your friends out for pizza. You know, you don't want to be overbearing because you want to let her do her stuff. But it's not what you do. It's how you do it. Maybe it's like taking golf lessons together or something, you know, something you both, my dad and I both joined an improv troupe my summer going into college. Like it's just something to do together. Yeah. I also, if she's only an hour and a half away, I was an hour and a half away at college. And so if I had a long weekend, I would go home because I could get my laundry done and get free food and like, you probably see her a lot more than you want to. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. It's this like end of an era. And it will mean, you have another kid at home, right? So let's not completely forget about them. But I think there's that. I think it would be fun to be like, pack your bag. We're going for a long weekend to Branson, Missouri, the home of, like 1800 stuff. Mm. Pick something like dorky or ask her or like throw a dart at a map, you know? Just something cool like that or like j- just something random. A yeah. road trip. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, and if you already listened to podcasts together, like you could have a show or something, something that you guys both watch, you could text each other about, just like something you could check in about that isn't, hey, how are you? How are your classes? Something light. Go to a concert, go to a jalapeno festival, go to a state fair. Every weekend, we're going to go to a different AAA baseball game. Just just something that can be yours. Matching tattoos, promise rings, things like that. Hi, Liza. Emily, hot Scotty number one. Number one hot Scotty. Literally everyone else on the pod. I've been a listener since day one. My husband and I push your specials on every person that comes into our house. It's his go-to <laughs> choice when we do the, what do you want to watch dance everyone hates. We saw you <laughs> live in New York City last year and you crushed as usual. Now to the question. It's what I haven't heard before. I'm interested in your take. This is not a friend breakup question. Well, I, have then a, I don't know. <laughs> I've had a friend who has ebbed and flowed to being a close, almost sister to being a distant acquaintance over the last 10 years or so. We met in college, and now that both of us are in our early 30s, our lives look different. I live on Long Island with my husband, and she, her husband, and daughter live in North Carolina. We see them from time to time, but don't talk frequently. We have a big group of friends that still communicate weekly to group text, but that's about it. Most of our friends live all over, which makes almost all of our friends essentially out of town. She found out she was expecting her second daughter midway through last year. She already has an 18-month-old girl who we've all showered with gifts at parties from day one. About a month ago, I got an invitation in the mail from the friend to participate in a, quote, sprinkle uh, by oh. mail. Oh. I thought you said Zoom sprinkle, and I was like, To shorten all of the little poems out onto invite, we are expected to not attend a party, but to send a gift to their home by a certain date for their newborn. Yeah. <laughs> we had already had a small gathering of friends when she came to town to celebrate, since she said she didn't want to make a big thing. We were told not to bring gifts. I didn't, but some others did. 
Lies there, I told her I'd be sending her a gift later on, to which she said not to worry. I get this, quote, invite a week later, and I'm now invited to send them a gift after being told before not to. Am I the asshole that now I don't want to send her something? I found the invitation to be so gross and presumptuous that we are expected to send gifts to her without even a party or a lame Zoom shower since she's out of town. It's not like so you're like, need. I don't want to buy a gift unless I have to be further inconvenienced by a bad party or a Zoom. <laughs> no, I feel this. It's not like she's in need of infant toys or clothes. She already has all the stuff for her first girl to use. As someone who I used to call a close friend, but I'm different from it. Why I the bad guy if I don't send something to her? Hopefully this is enough context. Thanks, Em. I don't like this. I kind of got a little lost about like an invite in the middle. So okay. I feel like everyone else did too, Emily. Like something in the way you told the story wasn't good. Am I something the only in one my something in my Monica from Fred's delivery? I can't say my the word sprinkle really threw me for a loop. Because you can't because you're sick and you're congested. You say sprinkle. Yeah. It's you eat you eat Pringles. <laughs> you sit on the toilet. Okay. Okay. So they got an invitation that said. We're not having a party. Here's where you could send the gift. So instead of having a baby right. sprinkle at their house, they're just like, hey, send just us send a us gift. gift. No event, you know no apps, no drinks. Kudos to your friend for cutting the bullshit. Nobody really wants to go to that. I don't and like it. even if she did send it, look, people need things. And even if she did send it, you're not going to go to North Carolina to attend a sprinkle. And if you did, it'd be weird. I vote. If it will mentally cost you, like if you don't send it and it's going to cause a riff, like what will the ripple effect of that be? You, deep down, you don't want to send it because you're like, look, we're not that close. And I thought that was a little tacky. What she's supposed to do, be like, I need some stuff, but so here's some pigs in a blanket. Send her a candle. If you really don't want to send a gift and be like, this is just a little something for you or send nothing, chances are she won't ever bring it up. She already said it's okay not to send anything. She said it was okay right? not to send anything when they were in person giving her gifts and talking to her about her baby. No, she wants a gift. And then they went home yeah. and she mailed everyone a, a gift request. Look, look, we all want free things. And it's like, how do we do it? And have it cost us nothing? You don't know their financial situation. You don't know if, I don't know if she had a girl. Now she's having a boy. You need different stuff. Maybe mm -hmm. she gave away a lot of stuff. It's not, do you want to send her a gift or not? If she had a party, would you send her a gift? Or is it that thing where we're annoyed when someone has a second child that they're getting gifts? Like, what is at the root of it? I'm annoying. I'm annoyed that she wants the gift without putting it the basic courtesy of giving me a drink at a stupid game. Yeah, but you're not going. You don't even live in the state. Who cares? Send a $30 baby gift. Send like a Frida mom, like baby snot sucker and be like, my kid, this was great for my kid. Send. If, if she's, ha let's say she's having the gender, she already has a little girl. If she's having a boy, do you already have a boy? Send some of your kids stuff. I thought personally, I got a lot of really nice free stuff when I was pregnant, but I always thought it was so kind and sweet. The stuff that someone was like, my kid loved this. So here's theirs. Cause it's not wasteful. There's no reason to not use it. Almost everything Sierra wears is from someone else. And you know, some fashionable kids. I'm just saying- Get to the root of the region you don't want to send it and then suck it up and send it anyway. Yeah. I would because love it to will, talk about talkable. this forever. I would send the gift, but I would talk to everybody forever yes. about how I got an invite to a sprinkle by mail and the tackiness of that. But I would just send the gift and then when you just have a talk shit. If you have a second kid, like 
It's already, it's bad enough the kid doesn't get a full shower. And even they know. That's why it's a sprinkle. She's like, look, we just need some stuff. So just send something. It can be something small. That way she still has to say thank you for this like half-eaten sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> like, but the colors were blue. It'll cost you less emotionally to just fucking send something. You could even just send flowers. No, don't do that. That's weird. That's weird. You want half a thing of German baby formula? Because I get German. Send that to you. Yeah, they make the best ones. For the strongest kinder. Kick it. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. I want to start with bottom of the cob because okay. I've been saving this bottom of the cob for weeks. I kept forgetting to write it down. And I finally came in here like five days ago and I wrote it down next to my computer. My bottom of the cob is this. We have a toilet in our house. I'll go ahead and say it. It's our toilet in our bathroom. I, Depending on the strength you apply when you flush, it, rather than suck everything down, it bubbles up first, like bloop. So all the water splashes all over the seat, which is so disgusting. <laughs> like if you've had some Kashi, just this like final gas was like bloop. Like why would you ever design a toilet that, shoots water up, bubbles up first, turd water everywhere, and then goes back down. Like, if I pee and my daughter comes in and I go to flush it, I have to push her away because <laughs> the water fountains up and like sprays, sprinkles Why everywhere. Are you closing the lid? I don't, I'm, I don't think to like close the lid because water shouldn't go everywhere. You shouldn't have to close the <laughs> lid. And it's so fucking disgusting. If you like dump out to have your toilet be like, one last thing. Like, why would you ever design a toilet that sends any I water up? No, they didn't design it that way. Something's going on. Nobody designed it. Like I, this is, I know what this, this toilet, toilet needs to just have a little surprise. I don't know what that means. This toilet is less than a year old. It shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't have to like use caution when flushing, but it's, I just want to share how fucking gross it is. Like if you have a situation and you go to flush it and it's like, I don't feel well. You're like, okay, now I have to like wipe the seat down. This is awful. This is close the lid. I'm gonna. But then it's on the lid. Okay, that's not the point. It shouldn't be doing that. I agree. I have one toilet that is just fully broken and one that doesn't really flush. And the broken one I don't use. And the one that doesn't flush is full of dead cockroaches. Jesus. The broken one I don't use as a toilet. I just use it for all my meals. (laughs) I could use it as a mixing bowl. It's bone dry in there. It's bone dry in my nasal <laughs> passage. What's your bottom of the cup? It's not dry in my nasal. Okay, my bottom of the cup isn't being sick, but it's related to that. When you are sick and you know you have to do something, I have stuff at work <sighs> this week that I have to do. And it's like, I took a day off last week at the end of last week when I felt myself starting to get sick. So I was like, I'm going to nip this in the bud. I'm going to take a big day of rest before it feels really bad. And then I'm going to be able to do everything next week that I need to do. So I took a day off. I rested, rested, rested. Felt worse the next day. It was like, crap. Well, I have eight meetings I have to go to. Went to my meetings. Spent Saturday, Sunday, Monday resting, sitting, doing nothing, have never felt worse the week that I do today. And tomorrow is so busy and I have to do so much time-sensitive stuff. And I'm so mad. And just that dread of like, I know it's coming at me tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to feel. You know when you're sick 
And whenever you wake up, you feel the absolute worst. And it kind of, you start to feel better as yes. the day goes on. Yes. But then the next morning you wake up and it's like reset. Back Still there. To, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm not First looking all, forward to it. And this is my advice in general. Take a shower. Always makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. When you And it makes you more tired and just like a struggle to like send an email. I get it. Well, I hope you feel, I'm sorry you're sick. And it's not COVID. That's weird. Apparently not, but I don't, I feel like it is, but I just, I had COVID in March. I hadn't been sick for like two years and then I got yeah. COVID in March and now I'm just, I don't know. Just okay, right. tell your boss they'll have to send tweets for troll six another time. <laughs> tell him you need a break. <laughs> we have a fan bottom of the cup. One of chocolate bars labeled caramel, but it only is crunchy caramel bits and not liquid caramel inside. That is toffee. The disappointment of a craving unfulfilled by false advertising. Ooh, okay. I don't know what candy bar, it feels very foreign. I don't know what candy bar you're talking about. Because only caramello, I guess Twix also has liquidy. Although caramello is like super viscous. Yeah. So I don't know. There's different types of caramel, but yeah. A craving unfulfilled is really what it is. Like when you want the right thing and you eat the wrong thing and you're like, it's chocolate, but not the right. Chocolate. When you, when you're eating something as, that's bad and you're like, yes. I'm not even enjoying this. Like I'm doing yes. this thing that I know is bad. I'm not even enjoying it. Why am I still going? That's how I felt about that potluck at that guy's house. None of these trump a gurgling toilet. Mm. Top of the cup. Yeah. Let's do the fans. The fans top. After spending two weeks traveling, I have a new appreciation for the constant, steady, massage-worthy water pressure that my shower has. That post-flight shower when I got home was the best thing ever. MJ Ooh. from Alaska, love the pod. Love that. Do, do you find you travel a lot? Do you find that you miss your own water pressure or like hotels nicer? No, it's literally something I never think about. Like people mm. are always like, oh, the water pressure. I'm like, I don't think about it. It could be a dribble or... Like a Niagara pounding, and I just wouldn't <laughs> think about it. I just don't think about water pressure. Does that make me weird? What's your top of the cup? My top of the cup is I love when you're watching something with an actor's like original face and voice, and I think you'll appreciate this. I watched Muriel's Wedding for the first time. Oh yeah, Tony Collette, and to just see her uh-huh. be so like like grody Australian, like lower class Australian, like had her mouth set in a different way when she was talking than when she's like, I'm in hereditary. Totally. I mean, just the evolution of an actress. Yeah, Muriel's Wedding. That was such a weird name, but I remember that movie. Very weird movie, but it is, you see someone's face and you're just like, oh yeah, this was, this person went on to become wildly famous and you're watching this movie and you're kind of like, all right, I get it. She's such a good actress. She's very talented. She's so outstanding. Um, my top of the cob, it seems like it would be a bottom of the cob, but it wasn't. Basically, I went to go try Hi-Ho Burger, just a burger place in LA. And we were just, gra- it was like that thing where you hadn't really eaten all day. I'm like, I guess I'll eat a burger. Like I just needed something substantial. Yeah. So I go, I order two burgers um, for me. No, I ordered two burgers, one for me and Noah. We have the baby with us. And we're sitting outside waiting for our order. And it takes... 25 minutes. And at the 20, and so we went in, I'm sorry, at at 20 minutes, I'm like, we've been sitting here for a long time. So Noah goes in and he goes, yeah, they said it takes about 25 minutes. Now, I don't know if it takes in general or that day they were just slammed, but I was like, that's kind of not what you sign up for when you buy a hamburger, especially like we're not like sitting at a table with a waiter. Like I have a number and a buzzer. So at the 25 minute mark, I'm like, I can't live at this high ho burger patio. I have to leave. So I go in 
I say, hey, you guys, I think I would like my money back. I, I can't live here. I have to go home. I have a baby with me. I can't. And the guy goes, your order's right here. And I go, right here like it's in your hand or right here like you're making it? And he goes, no, it's right here. And he hands it to me. He goes, yeah, our burgers, again, I don't know if it's our taking or take. I don't know if it's true. He goes, they're taking 25 minutes. And I said, I go, okay, had I known that when I ordered it, I probably wouldn't have ordered it. Now, it, this guy was like a young black guy and I'm keenly aware that I'm a white woman who is not enjoying something. So I'm already like, oh God, like how do I express this to you? And I was very nice. Like I was smiling and I was like, I probably wouldn't have ordered it. I've never had an issue with like a customer service thing. I just, in the day and age we live in, you're just like, how do I let you know as a consumer that like this isn't cool? And the guy goes, it was just a moment of not being defensive and siding with the customer. Cause I go, if I had known it would take 25 minutes, I probably wouldn't have ordered it. And all he said was, he goes, no one told you, I'm so sorry. Hmm. And I felt so much better. I think sometimes with customer service, granted, I was not being rude about it, but I just said what I said, cause that's fair. Like you should let your customer know that something that normally takes a minute to be delivered is gonna take almost a half hour. Yeah. He just simply said, he goes, no one told you, I'm sorry. And everything, and I go, that's okay. Like the right. fact that he took ownership versus like, well, that's what it is. Like I went to go get a mammogram and I like asked a question at the front desk and the woman was so cold and rude. Like as a consumer, as someone purchasing a service, when you're met with just attitude, when you simply had a question, it just makes every, heightens everything. And I go, oh, that's okay. Thank you. And he goes, let me get you a shake. You want a free shake? And I was like, oh, I deeply don't want a shake. Thank you. And I go, actually, just your attitude. And I said it like in a good way, like just your attitude, like makes this all okay. And he, like for the briefest second, like him acknowledging that like, that's not cool that they did that. And me being like, hey, thank you for not treating me like a fucking terrorist. And I go, your attitude like made this all better. Thanks. No big deal. He goes, next time you come in, free fry. And I'm like, you don't know who I am and you probably won't be working here, but thank you. But it was just like something that could have been charged and it wasn't. And I just feel like the more and more we participate in these systems of these companies that are just designed to grow and profit over people, you do feel dumb for participating or giving someone your money and they just stick you bad customer service, bad phone tree, bad experience. And he was just like, I'm so sorry. Someone should have said something. And immediately it wasn't me versus him. It was he and I versus what happened. Right. I, yeah. Because I'm thinking about the fact like when you go to Shake Shack, if you get the that mushroom burger thing, they're like, hey, heads up. There's no meat in this. Because I'm sure a million people are like, why is this just two mushrooms? I ordered it, right. but I don't know what it is. So it's like and it, they should have said, hey, we make them super fresh. It takes 25 minutes, FYI, and, and all would have been forgiven. But the fact that he actually just took like Sorry. owned up to it without like, well, today's really busy or like, like how could we have even known? If he, even if he was patronizing me and he was just like, man, even, I'm really sorry. And he wasn't, but like, he just wasn't a dick back. And I'm like, yeah. that's all it required was you representing a company to be like, hey, so sorry about that. It took so long that the woman in front of me, I saw her run in like with her husband's order and she had a baby too. And I went, just so you know, I've been here for 25 minutes. And she goes, oh, thank you so much. And she left. <laughs> I don't know if it normally is or it was just that day, but it's just so rare to have an experience at a company nowadays where you're not treated like a monster. And yeah. I appreciate it. So whoever that dude, 
He's a tall, skinny dude who worked at the Hi Ho Burger at the Sportsman's Lodge in the Valley. You're a real one. Thanks for not. Thanks for being cool, man. <laughs> Shout out. I will probably never eat there again. I don't care that much about hamburgers, but it was nice that we all just acted like people. And it already cost 20, how much does it cost? $26 for two burgers. Why take, you already took my money. Don't take my time. That was my top of the justify it. Human interaction. All right. You are hearing this episode. It is the end of May. So you're hearing it probably in June. Uh, I encourage you, if you are seeking out some new stand-up, watch Eliza's Locals on YouTube. These are the, I do a little bit of stand-up in it, but these are the stand-up specials I recorded, uh, produced for these LA comics in and around LA. You can, of course, see me in Hawaii coming up. Uh, I've got some military shows coming up. And of course, you can get tickets internationally as well as nationally to see me at eliza.com slash tour. Come see me in Ball Arena in Denver this October and the TD Garden in Boston. It'll be great shows. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think, but only if it's positive. And remember, Emily, it's not who's sickest that wins them all. It's who's stuffiest. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.